Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Amy Seifert. Amy is the author of Grace Looks Amazing on You. And so today, join us for a conversation all about grace. Hello, Amy. Welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Your ministry goal is to invite women to discover grace. When did you first discover grace yourself? Oh my gosh. Well, I think big picture, if we think about grace, um, even I love the idea of defining grace and we, mm-hmm. as we started about talk, to talk about this, but if grace is getting what you don't deserve, mm-hmm. um, or if grace equals gift, that the word grace and gift are synonymous, I could look back on my whole life and see grace all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just when I was a baby and on. But I think when I started to grasp the concept of grace and, and start to look for it myself um, was when I was about 15 and a half at Young Life Camp, which is just... A, it, uh, Young Life is a ministry for kids in high school where they slowly unfold the goodness of the gospel. And I felt like I understood that God like made a way for us to know him and have peace with him. Um, and that was through his, by his grace and his gift to us that we don't deserve. And I think that opened up a whole new world of understanding God, understanding others, understanding myself. Um, that was really radical for me when I was 15 years old. Well, I love that you begin this podcast by defining it, because I think a lot of times we, um, as Christians, use a lot of lingo Yes, that maybe sometimes we assume people know what it is. And, and oftentimes, you know, it, it's helpful to, to begin the podcast in that way, because a lot of the thread of this podcast does circle around to that word grace. Yeah. Yes. So you have been speaking to college students for the last 20 years at various crew ministries around the country. And so for those unfamiliar with crew, would you share about this ministry and your experience in it? Yes, absolutely. So, um, after I, um, became a follower of Christ, um, at Young Life Camp, I got involved with the crew ministry at my college at BGSU. And Crew is a campus ministry that is designed for men and women to intersect who God is, who Christ is, and really that um, we, they would um, sort of their DNA is to win, build, send, to win others over with the goodness of the gospel, build them up in their faith, and send them out into the world to make disciples. Um, and I just was captured by that um, mm, yeah. cause and that flavor and the ministry that um, just unfolded before me in college. And so I um, came on staff with crew at BGSU, where, which was my alma mater, pretty much right after college. And um, uh, it was quite a ride. But yeah, for those um, who aren't familiar, it's, they are all, they are on like so many campuses in the U.S. as well as around the world. Um, it's, it's just a huge international ministry that is dear to my heart. I love those three principles. Yeah. I, I can see that go, pertaining to everybody in every area of life. Yes. Sure. Well, you also are, um, you have a family of five and you have, um, I guess, how have you been able to juggle ministry and family? Oh my gosh. I mean, 
do I do it well? That's the question every day, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Juggle is the word. Um, mm-hmm. I do. I feel like like the Seifert Circus is I have three <laughs> kids and me and my husband. And we're just here, there, and everywhere. So um, how do I juggle? I mean, that's just really what I do. I feel like I juggle it. Like some days I'm juggling smoothly and other days I'm dropping balls and it's a hot mess express mm-hmm. and I need grace. Like, <laughs> I'm like, on that train too someday. Yes. Yes. So there's nothing perfect happening uh, under my roof, but um, we do, we live and breathe on grace. Like just this morning, I, my kids are, are home cause it's a holiday day and, um, man, I've had to apologize to my eight-year-old because I got snappy and I had a million things in my head and I didn't get down to her level. I was just thinking about me and her request was simple and small. And so I think part of the juggle is um, accepting grace when you drop the balls, right? Yeah. Yeah. My, I have um, two children as well. And so my kids are home from school as well. I actually have an eight-year-old little girl also so oh. she's, a play, she's playing legos right now yes. and, and being patient too so. yes. yay mama's podcasting uh, no. here we go juggling right yes so you wrote chin up wearing grace strength and dignity when motherhood unravels our souls for mm-hmm. the moms who feel unraveled in their motherhood and need laughter encouragement and grace which is us today yes right? it is <laughs> so how do we keep our chin up when we feel unraveled as a mother or as a woman in general yes there is um this great line in psalm 3 3 it says um, god is the shield around me and the lifter of my head um and so this idea of, of literally God lifting my head to change my perspective about the circumstances all around me. Um, my pastor just said yesterday that um, we don't have to wait for our world to be okay, to be okay. Mm. Um, and, and that idea of getting our chin up, like I'm in my kitchen and things can be crazy and loud. And if I shift my perspective to think like, God's got me, he's going to. I mean, he's going to help me get dinner on the table. He's going to help me answer those 68 emails that are unanswered. Like if I can shift my perspective that he is in control and he really has me because he's a good father, then a lot of anxiety can really be relieved. I can embrace that peace. But if I'm looking um, at myself for strength and peace, if I'm looking at my circumstances, there's just chaos around me. But being in God's presence there really does mean peace. So I practice a lot. Um, I try to even do a 10 minute practice every day because I could just go, go, go um, of sitting in, in silence with, mm-hmm. with something hot to drink and just sitting there and I'm, I'm not doing anything. And I just sit in God's presence. And maybe, maybe there's a couple of words I repeat, like, God, give me grace. Um, maybe I just sit and look out the window and take in his beauty, but it, it helps me know that he's in control, even if I'm doing nothing purposefully, Mm. you know, Mm. be still and know. Yes. Yeah. So good. Well, so we just mentioned our children earlier. So Mm -hmm. do you have any practices or helpful tips on how we can extend grace to our children? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, I'm always trying things, but, um, two things. I love the book called Parenting by Paul Tripp. Um, He's a fantastic author. And he's got this concept um, that 
and I, I've started to adapt it, the idea of owning your cup. Um, and it, it's a twist on a common thought of, of what's in your cup. This idea mm-hmm. that if I have coffee in my cup in the morning and I walk around and one of my kids bumps into me, coffee will spill out, out on them, right? Like just right. that's, that's going to happen. So whatever is in my cup is what's spilling out. And so if my kiddo bumps into me, you know, metaphorically, mm-hmm. um, if I have bitterness and frustration in my cup, that's going to spill out. It's not my kids that made me spill that out of my cup. Because mm-hmm. I, if I have joy and grace and empathy and compassion in my cup, if they bump into me, that's what's going to spill out on them. Mm-hmm. So I think we often blame, you know, whoever's bumping into me. It's their fault that I'm frustrated. Nope. I need to own what's in my cup. Oh, um, that's good. Right? That's, yeah. yeah. Paul Tripp rocks that. And I just, I continue to tease that out in as many ways as I can because it's so tangible to me. So mm-hmm. in the mornings, I really try to, I mean, I'm not perfect at this either, but I try to get up before they do, spend time in God's word, and then open my hands as if making a cup and say, God, would you fill me with grace for my kids? Fill me with empathy and compassion so that when they bump me, that's what spills out. Mm, so good. Yeah. So yeah. you said, was there a second one or that was the, um, yes, that, and then the, okay. the yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, really practice. My kids are, are young and I know uh, my kids are, so I have a 12 year old who is now eye level. Um, <laughs> I have an eight year old girl and then a five year old boy. And so for the eight and the five, really getting down on their eye level does help me give them grace. Cause it puts me at the way they see the world. And it makes me have a humble posture toward them, which is again, says mm-hmm. I have great, like I need grace and I'm giving you grace because I'm getting on your level. Cause didn't God do that? Didn't he come down on our level mm-hmm. <laughs> and walk around in our shoes and live, you know, the life that we we're now living. And so even with my son now, I can't get down on his level, but it's been practiced enough that I have to think what is he seeing the world right now? So empathy, getting in their shoes, feeling what they're feeling, that helps me extend grace to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both really, really good tips. Thank you. Yeah. So you often speak about the spirituality of motherhood. So what do you mean by that statement? I've never heard that. Yes. Um, so I took um, a couple of uh, correspondence classes at Regent Theological Seminary many years ago. And one of them was everyday spirituality. And I realized in that class how often I have ranked what are spiritual jobs and what are the less spiritual jobs. (laughs) And how often, you know, you put pastors and church leaders and ministry leaders all up in those spiritual category and and way down there, I would have 12 years ago stuck motherhood. Mm-hmm. Because it felt so pedestrian. What am I doing? I'm cooking. I'm cleaning. I'm doing laundry. I'm on the floor with Legos. Like right. this does not seem spiritual in the sense that I am like thinking about it. Um, and that everyday spirituality class. Oh my gosh, that just flipped the script for me and helped me see how many ways all every single profession is in the image of God. And so one of my chapters in Chin Up is on maintaining and sustaining, which is a huge part of motherhood, how much we maintain and sustain our kids, their schedules, the laundry, maintaining activities are something that are never done. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unloading that dishwasher, it's never done. Laundry, never done. And, and, but doesn't God maintain the world? Doesn't the, the sun rise and set 
every day. Doesn't, mm-hmm. aren't, doesn't the waves, they come and go in and out over and over every day. There is breath in our lungs that he gives us every day. And so when we maintain and sustain the world around us and the schedules and the coming and the going and the car rides, we are in God's image. This is very spiritual. Like if God is not maintaining and sustaining the world, we, we aren't existing. Same thing for our kids. And so that really helped me see, oh my gosh, I'm in his image. This is spiritual work. This, this, this bum I'm wiping one, one more time today. <laughs> this is spiritual work. <laughs> it's a new mantra. <laughs> yes. In all of our duties. Yes. It really does help me see things again, sh- you know, getting my chin up, shifting my perspective and seeing things from a different way. My circumstances haven't changed. It's the way I see them. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That is a really helpful perspective shift for sure. Yeah. Grace seems like a very common theme for your life. Because I need it. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Well, so you actually just recently wrote a book titled Grace Looks Amazing on You. Mm -hmm. So as women, we are so often weighed down by comparison and anxiety and fear. Mm -hmm. And the idea that grace could look amazing on them might feel unbelievable. Yeah. Why do you believe that women are so weighed down? Oh my gosh. I, I think when I think about being weighed down, I think about what am I taking on and carrying with me? Right. Mm -hmm. So I think what we put into our minds can, we, is what we carry with us. So I can be weighed down by social media. Yeah. I can be weighed down by past comments of other people that maybe someone said 10 years ago, last week, whatever, and I carry that with me. I can be weighed down by comparison um, and all these things add anxiety and stress to our lives. Um, And so even taking careful stock of what am I letting in and then carrying with me Mm -hmm. um, versus looking and saying, oh, yeah, I am carrying this. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to stop, I'm going to close my eyes, I'm in the kitchen chopping vegetables or whatever, and I'm going to picture myself at the throne of grace that God sits at, which I love. Hebrews 4, um, 4.16 says, the grace that he sits on, God sits on, is literally a throne of grace. Mm, that's and, a pretty picture. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. And, so, and he says we can confidently run at his, his throne anytime, and we can receive grace and mercy in our time of need. And so I feel needy when I feel anxious or when I feel comparison or when I have that, those negative thoughts about myself that someone has said, or I say, and I take that thought and I just, I feel like I just throw it down. Like God take this. Um, and I practice throwing things down at the throne of grace and receiving, opening my hands. And sometimes I'm in my kitchen. I just open my hand and say, God, Help me to receive your grace, your gift of peace, your gift of joy, your gift of knowing that I am fully known, fully loved, and fully accepted in your presence. Mm. I love that you say, <laughs> I was expecting you to say, lay it down, lay what you're carrying. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm throwing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, I got chuck it. even anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Either or, it's good. Just at, just giving it to him is the key, right? It is, however you need to. And sometimes I just need to just feel like it's a, just throwing it away. Yep. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> so despite this weight that we are carrying, you believe there are flashes of grace all around us. Yes. 
how have you found Jesus to shine through in the midst of our everyday moments? Oh my gosh. Okay. Can I tell you a story? Yes. I'd love to hear it. Yes. So in, in my book, Grace Looks Amazing on You, um, that, that comes out in April, it's a, it's a hundred day journey of finding grace. And there's 10 different themes of 10 days. And I tell a lot of stories and I weave scripture. And one of my favorite stories is um, about a year and a half ago, my oldest son, um, who is 12, was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And whew, we that was quite a diagnosis to finally label and, and figure out. Mm-hmm. And we got that phone call. We were taking that in. And the next day on our calendar, we had scheduled with friends to go apple picking. It was fall in Ohio, and that's beautiful, and it's our favorite thing to do. And my husband and I decided to just, let's just do it. Let's keep going. Let's do, let's have some, some semblance of normalcy in our life. So we're apple picking and, you know, it doesn't seem picturesque at all. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by this diagnosis and the bees seem annoying and the apples seem sticky and everything is, (laughs) I don't want to be here. Right. Um, and we, we grabbed a bag and paid for a a bag to fill up with apples that seemed the size of, of a toddler that you could put it in. And so we're lugging this bag around and we're filling it with apples. And I'm just feeling, you know, we're twisting and pulling apples off the tree, which feels like my soul at that point, just twisted and pulled. And how are we going to solve, how, how are we going to tackle Crohn's disease? Right. He's 12. This is crazy. Mm. So we fill up our bag of apples and um, we were able to have, you know, a little bit of fun. I was trying to, you know, dump out my cup of bitterness and fill it up with grace (laughs) (laughs) while I'm there. Um, And we go home and my husband heaves this big, huge bag of apples onto the countertop and we go on our day and our way, you know, um, a couple days go by and we decided for our health and treatment plan for my son was to choose diet um, and to change his diet around and to see if we could tackle it with diet. And, and we have, he's in, he's been in remission for over a year and it's been awesome. Um, but I spent a lot of time in the kitchen that next week, chopping, cooking. I mean, countertop was valuable real estate at this point. And I was shoving this bag of apples around to make room to make fresh foods and, um, puree things and make sauces and whatever. And I, this was an annoying bag of apples that I was shoving around. And I, I look over the next day of, of now his diet and what we're doing. And I read this line and I just start laughing. And it says for the next portion of the diet, you are going to need a lot of apples because, (laughs) because you're going to be making homemade applesauce and, and, and they cook down easily. And I just read that line and looked at that annoying bag of apples. And I think I started crying because I was like, no way. God's mm. grace was sitting on my countertop. This, this was amazing grace on my countertop. And I called it annoying grace. And I had bullied grace. And I had shoved it around. And he just had it sitting there ready for me. Mm. And I just, it was this everyday moment that I thought, oh, my gosh, you, you have grace sitting on our countertops. And we don't even know it. Like wow. it is in places that if we would look, if we'd be willing, we can, we'll see it. Mm. Open our eyes, Lord, to see it. Amen. Yeah. 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 Well, one question I love that you pose is what if today is the perfect time to notice God's grace in one another? Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about how we do that. Yeah. I, I love 
that question because it says a couple of things. It says that grace is fresh every day. You know, his mercy is new every morning. Today is the perfect day. <laughs> we, ha- we only have today and it's a good day to look for grace. But it also says that we're looking for grace in one another. And that's what's fun about this 100-day devotional is that it's going to help us look at our sisters around us, look at our neighbors, look at our coworkers and be like, oh my gosh, that right there, God's grace was on you. And now I see you give that back into the world. And that looks amazing on you. Like that we would call that out in our sisters. Like, hey, I saw how kind you were in that moment when I think you were probably really frustrated. That looked amazing on you, just so you know. Um, you know, that we would begin to hunt that down in one another and would really build sisterhood and community. I, I see this as a way that we would build up the church. We would build up one another by calling out the grace that God has on us. It's his and we're reflecting it back to the world. Yeah. You know, as you were just saying that, I was thinking about even in our children, you know, the things that we praise in them. Yes. And I think, and I, we do that with our, with everybody and even within our friendships, mm-hmm. but what, what are we choosing to praise? You know, their yes. outfit or, yes. you know, their hair, totally. or, but like rather praise their behavior and say, that looks amazing on you. Yes. That is, that is something to strive for. Yes. Calling out their character, right? That that's huge. Yeah. Uh, So how can we change our perspective to confidently radiate the grace of Christ? Yes, I, I think it's, um, I mean, it's almost that, that constant abiding in God that I have to practice. I'm not naturally good at this, but John 15 talks about abiding, remaining, making our home in God, like having sort of a constant conversation with him throughout your day and then seeing the grace he has on you and then giving it back. Like, like I love the idea of remembering what a kind father he is to us, a kind father and mother figure he is on us. And so when we're going upstairs and we're about to break up a fight from one of our kids and I'm stomping with each step, if I would remember the grace God has on me, I would then pour that same compassion back on my kids and say, Hey, tell me what's going on versus all right, everybody, you know, and just (laughs) getting, you know, just as bad as frustrated, but being like, Oh my gosh, how does God treat me? How does he parenting me as I parent my kids? And I know we're talking a lot about motherhood here, but that's just some tangible examples. If I can remember the grace upon me, I can then easily give that to others. But if I'm forgetting about it and I'm not abiding and I'm not remembering I can be short-tempered. I can be frustrated. Mm -hmm. I can make my expectations so high they're impossible. Um, And I can live, I can live really, a really frustrated life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are a contributing writer for the book, Dear Wife. Mm -hmm. So on the topic of marriage, how can we extend grace to our husbands? Oh man, do I need to, I need to work on this all the time. (laughs) Um, Yes, I do love, um, I I love being a contributor writer um, for It's a Wife Like Me. And then the book is Dear Wife. And we do, it's great. There's 30 authors in there that they're always giving different ideas to practically extend grace to our husbands. But I think this is for our husbands or for anybody. Again, if I can get into their shoes and see what they're seeing the way Christ got into our shoes and saw our world and extended love and mercy. I think that helps. I think that helps me stay open to my husband instead of closed. 
Um, and it helps me see, okay, this is what's underneath whatever just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's the thing behind the thing? Yeah. And, the thing behind the thing. Right? It's <laughs> <is> true. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you also co-host the Big Top Podcast with Lori Brittenham. Mm-hmm. How did you and Lori connect and what will listeners hear when they tune in? Yes. So at the top of the show, I talked about the Cypher Circus. Um, we we have the big top show because it's our lives are, they just feel like a circus. And so when uh, I met Lori, she was uh, actually on staff under, when I was leading the crew staff team at BGSU. She was on my team. And she became such a dear friend when God um, called me to take a break and stay home and just and pass the ministry on to someone else. I passed it on to Lori. Um, so I'd mentored her and just a dear friend. So we started to, we started a podcast together. It keeps us connected because she actually moved a few hours away. Um, and so when people tune into the big top, our, our tagline is that we want to laugh hard and learn well. Um, mm. Cause we just think laughter. I mean, laughter connects us to one another. Um, it opens up it, it, you know, it takes walls down. If you laugh with somebody, then you can receive a a lot of things. You can hear truth, you know, you can laugh and cry in the same moment, right? Because you, you opened that connection up. So yeah, you're going to hear us laughing, being funny. And then you're going to also hear us. I mean, we love learning together. So yeah. Well, so this season I'm asking my guests who has loved them well. So Amy, is there someone who comes to mind for you Mm -hmm. and would you share how they loved you well? Well, I'm going to go with um, the classic. My, my husband has loved me really well. Yeah. Um, we've been married. We're going on 19 years in the spring. And um, he, he gives me space when I need space. And he also, he doesn't judge me. I think that the opposite of, of grace is judgment. Mm-hmm. And he'll watch me do a thing that, is unbecoming or say a thing that is not amazing. And he just waits. He does it. He gives me time and loves me well so that I can arrive in, at the conclusions on my own or come and apologize to him. Or I think he just embodies James, James's verse of um, to be, you know, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. That's he's good at it. Yeah. <laughs> and it loves it's, me well. I was going to say, what, what you were saying reminds me, my family has a saying, like, thanks for loving me anyway. Like, oh. You see, you know, like, you see when I screw up. I love anyway. Oh, I'm stealing that. That is so good. <laughs> so after hearing you um, in this episode, I'm sure listeners are going to want to keep in contact with you. So what is the best way that they can do that? Yeah. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Amy Seifert on my author page. I'm on Instagram as Amy Seifert. Um, my, my website is amycypher.com. I have a blog, all those, you can find me all those places. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. And I've enjoyed the laughter and I've enjoyed the learning. (laughs) Um, I just appreciate, and, um, you helping us realize that grace really looks amazing on all of us. God bless you. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Amy. I hope and pray that you are able to accept the grace of God for yourself and extend that grace that you have found into the others in your life. If you're interested in today's show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams Author on Facebook or on Instagram, or you can have them sent directly into your inbox by going to rachelkadams.com. Next week, my guest is Angelie Pascal. Angelie is the author of Stay, and she invites you to stop running from your pain and to discover that the deep end of your story is the way to intimacy with Christ. She extends a daring invitation to stay with your anxiety, stay with your everyday aches, your guilt, your loneliness, your anger, your longings, and even your apathy. And she says that true power and transformation are found in the very places we resist the most. So until next week, I hope you have a terrific week. And as always, remember to lead with love.